0: Hello, let's talk about media and communication. Social media has become increasingly important for higher education institutions to communicate with stakeholders, but there is still relatively little research on how they are using these platforms, and so I invited Isabel Sorensen to provide us new insights into the communication practices of Swiss higher education institutions and how they vary depending on the type of institution. I'm Rodrigo Silva. Let's talk about media and communication. Isabel, welcome to our episode.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Isabel, tell us about the importance of talking about this, although it seems a bit obvious, about the social media presence, the dynamics of higher education institutions.
1: Yeah, so I think, first of all, it's important to say that we believe universities are very interesting organizations because they are in the cross-section between society and science. And so, of course, they have this mission to educate skilled workforce uh, by teaching generate new knowledge by research, but they also contribute to solve issues of society, societal problems, uh, through this third mission. And a new channel that has been emerging is social media. And there is very little research on how universities, and when I say universities, I mean various types of universities. I'll come back to that. But how universities, they communicate with societal stakeholders on these platforms and that we have been looking at in this study.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned in your article that many studies have focused mostly, and I think you are addressing this, on high-ranked elite research universities. And, well, people assume that developments occurred across all higher education institution types as a whole. Is this true or was there any other research gap that you wanted to fill?
1: There were several. One was, uh, as you say, highly ranked universities, mostly from the Anglo-Saxon sphere. And what we wanted was to do or to to bridge this gap by making a full sample of a country and include various types of universities, because there is some research on research universities, but there is uh, almost none out there on universities of applied sciences and universities of teacher education that are equally higher education institutions and have an important task uh, of communicating with relevant stakeholders. Mm
0: mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. you have you have building up the curiosity. so tell us the most important <laughs> results, the findings of your study.
1: Yeah, I think first of all, of it, its first major finding was that we found all these universities. the full sample in Switzerland. Switzerland is a relatively small country, but it has astonishing forty two higher education institutions. and we found uh, the uttermost of them on all three platforms that we looked at. We looked at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We looked at the adoption, when that they adopted their channels. We also looked at if they were using and how much they were using the channels and uh, what engagement with the content looked like. And we found some astonishing differences across different types. For example, universities of teacher education that educate teachers for schools, they are almost non-present on these platforms. They publish content, but they do it very little we also found preferences of types of universities. So the universities of applied sciences, they are very active on Instagram and on Facebook, but the research universities are the most active on Twitter. Then interestingly, when we look at the general preference is that Higher education institutions, they are least active on Instagram, but it's actually where we found the engagement to be the highest and the highest by far. So meaning that if HAEs, they post content on Instagram, they have much more echo, live live shares. And so it seems that this kind of content, it resonates well with audiences, Mm -hmm. whereas on uh, Facebook, for example, this engagement is declining.
0: Tell me about potential policy implications of this. None.
1: No, (laughs) policy. I think our study has to be read like it's for scholars that wants to understand how how the communication of science and has is changing it's one so that's one of our audiences another audience and a very important audience are the practitioners so the people that actually administrate accounts for universities and make social media strategies and we think that this study can enlighten what would be better strategies for example investing more in content generation on instagram uh, rather than on facebook i don't think there are any large policy implications you could there may be policy implications of a communication strategy added. But
0: yeah. Sure. So let's look at the scholarly side of it. Future research should now look at what? More social media platforms, complementary with, for example, news content, because you said that universities are in between society and science. Uh, so what's ahead of us?
1: Two my primary two things. We would like to understand better, or it should be understood better, how media coverage is portrayed or reflected on social media. So as you say this, if content that are published in news articles, if it is shared on social media only, and our indications is that it is not, that a lot of content on social media is originally created by the universities and it's not simply a copy-paste job from other platforms. So that's the first thing we would like future researchers to look at. And the second thing that... Actually inspired a second study that we are doing now is on understanding engagement metrics better. So understanding which factors that influence how users respond to content on social media. And there are a lot of studies on this, on various organizational types, but very little from a perspective of universities. And what we have been doing, or we're doing at the moment, is we look at factors that steam from content, from the account, or from the platform itself. Mm -hmm. And we try to test and see if we can see patterns there exactly. So to understand that better. And again, it's, it would be with a view to help practitioners make better strategies, create more vivid content that resonates better with the audience.
0: You mentioned some research already being conducted in this field. Can you provide a research or some additional resources about, about social media and higher education institutions?
1: I think I can recommend, it's more like a broader, it's a book Mm -hmm. uh, that came out recently, 2021, from Entradas and Bauer. And they look at communication of research universities, not only on social media, but the broader perspective, all their channels. Mm -hmm. I think that's very, yeah, worth recommending.
0: Perfect. And for our viewers who are watching in the Let's Talk About Media and Communication website, scrolling down this conversation below the video, there is uh, the recommended material that, that Isabel just shared. Isabel, let's close this episode. If there is, it has been straight to the point, but I'm going to ask you to give our audience a punchline. So if if there is anything you want our audience to remember about this talk, what would it be?
1: It would be that the study was very descriptive. And descriptive is massively underrated in the sense that we really needed these data to be able to ask qualified follow-up questions. So it would be to encourage people. I was a bit skeptical myself when we started this. I was a bit skeptical of just publishing a relatively descriptive study, but it has proved very helpful. And I hope for our colleagues too in the future, I will see.
0: Straight to the point, Isabel. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: This podcast is powered by Cogita to Press. You can listen to this episode on the Let's Talk About Media and Communication website, on Cogita to Press' YouTube channel, and whatever you get your podcast.